little known fact. What Magneto's weakness? Bagels. Bagels. That's what it is. Everybody didn't know. Nobody knew that. The Animation Destination Podcast is brought to you by The Destination, located at 5031 Shelbyville Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40207, just behind D's Crafts in the Best Buy Shopping Center. Everybody loves X-Men. Uh, there's there's not too many people out there that I can talk to that at least don't have one favorite character that's on the team <laughs> some way, somehow, from what whatever generation, I, I guess. So. I agree. I agree. Mitch, how you doing? Ah, pretty good, Brandon. How you doing? I'm doing good. That's good. That's and good. You know, and you know what that means. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Animation <laughs> Destination <laughs> Podcast. Uh, here today, uh, I'm joined with Mitch. Hey. Uh, Loyal, uh, loyal employee of the destination where we are filming tonight. Yeah, right on site or recording, whatever. No, well, no, no filming. Filming our voices, I guess. Of whatever. Course, you know, film isn't really a thing anymore. Anyway, no, there's unless, no film. It's all digital, uh, anyways. Unless, so. unless you're Quentin Tarantino, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a hipster! I know, right? But ah, this stuff looks crisp, though. Oh, it, it looks, looks crisp. Great. Yeah, and very nice. Oh, but yeah, uh, we watched something on Wednesday, Mitch. Oh, we, we did yes. watch something on Wednesday. We did. We watched. I went over to your place and we watched uh, Pride of the X Men, mm-hmm. which is a uh, little known. Uh, I don't know how little known it is. Very now, little. I've been very talking, little. I've actually been since. Yeah. Since and, and it wasn't Wednesday. I'm sorry. That was last night. It was Tuesday oh, yeah, night yeah, yeah. when you Tuesday. came by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but no, I've been I'm talking to everybody that I know yeah. and their and their mother about this thing so far. <laughs> seriously, and because I love it, dude. I, right? I it is an amazing uh, twenty two <laughs> minutes wait, wait, wait. of my life. Don't so. give your opinion yet. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> no, no, no. But I just, literally I've been telling everybody this. Like, you guys ever heard of Pride of the X Men? P R Y D E. Yeah. And nobody Nobody's has. Heard. Nobody. Okay, good. People are I, like X. I know X Men, the nineties cartoon. I'm like no, I was, no, 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 no. This is made in the eighties. Yeah. when this was came out. I guess that's why I got a pretty good response when I posted it on the Facebook page on the Animation <laughs> Destination Facebook page. I got a pretty good response because I guess those were the people that were just like, "Oh yeah, I know that." And the, yeah. the, the, the ones that do know it are surprised when other people know it. Yeah, they're like, "Oh my gosh, how did you know oh, this?" Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of people uh, wrote in about it. Uh, Matt Gaither, Sean Jones, and fans of the show. Oh, that's awesome. Friends, yeah, they wrote in and. Uh, uh, they enjoy they, they 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 liked it as well, and I I have loved this since I was a kid. My dad had a VHS copy of this thing. It's mm-hmm. in a white case. I wish I could. I wish I brought it just to like show. But yeah. he still has the old VHS, and it's just it's. I watched it. I was one of those kids that watched things over and over, like mm-hmm. you know, just like. Uh, Pretty much burn your uh, just, VHS. Exactly. Just yeah. Burn it into just the smallest. The, yeah. what, there's oh. like there's like it's crisp and then it gets to the part where it's like real yeah, fuzzy and real whatnot. fuzzy. And yeah. uh, I, I don't ever want to pop that thing in again because oh, I, yeah. I don't want to break it. But. You could be pulling it out and yeah. all the film's still stuck inside <laughs> yeah. the VHS. Uh, I, I've known about this for a long, long time, and uh, it, it was just one of those. You know, when you're, when you're a kid, it was just one of those things that was like, oh, th- this exists, and yeah. it's here to watch, and I'm going to watch it. But um, as I got older, I, I kind of went back to it and went, huh, this is interesting about, like, what is this, honestly? Yeah. You know, um, you watch it with an adult pair of eyes. Yeah, and- yeah, exactly. It's like, what, what, what was this that occurred? And basically what Pride of the X-Men is, it's a pilot episode of a, of a non-picked-up cartoon series mm. for the X-Men. 
Um, this is prior to the to the 93 early 90s yeah the, the X-Men cartoon that was that was there um, and, and that's what this is it's a, it's a pilot that predates that it's one of the like it's one of the real kind of first attempts at making one of these shows uh, an X-Men show or a show based on the X-Men um, very interesting it is, and, and, and we'll get into it. But for right now, I would like to direct your attention to our animation recommendation of the week, as we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, animation recommendation, uh, we just watched. Uh, it is the first episode pilot of the Vixen animated series on CW Seed. Woo! Uh, it's about four minutes long. Yeah. Uh, it's got some, got a little flash and arrow action in there. Um... <laughs> I, I, I just I love how they're credited as voice actors, <laughs> and this little four minute short. There's no they don't talk whatsoever. They don't talk in this. But, one, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure in the later of the episodes they are talking sure. or not. But sure, sure, uh, yeah, because they clearly like they cut away from that scene and they don't go back to it. Yeah. So clearly they're going to cut back to that. But it's only four minute strip episodes, so. I feel like this is probably going to be like an hour long that's cut into those things. I feel like 13 episodes of four minutes or something. Is mm-hmm. that? I, I can't do math on the fly. Yeah, math so. it. I don't know. <laughs> math it. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, um, but it looks good. Uh, it's the Young Justice, the people, the studio that did Young Justice as the uh, the animation, the animation crew. And you can clearly it tell that it's that, that style, too, because like, I was just looking at that and I was like, this looks very familiar to like <laughs> the Young Justice stuff and whatnot. <laughs> And that's precisely what it is, bitch. No, no, but it looks great. Uh, So go check that out. It's on CW Seed, which is probably the dumbest name for an online streaming thing. Why do they got to pick that one? Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Is there any reason why they decided to go? I mean, I'm I'm not complaining. I always thought Vixen was an interesting character. Right. But, like, any reason why they decided to run with Vixen? I don't know. Uh, I was actually just super hyped when I heard about it. (laughs) I was like, like, oh, sweet, a Vixen show. That's going to be great. great. Yeah. And when, when when I first heard it, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And then I heard it was going to be only online and with shorts, I was kind of like, eh, that's a little less uh, uh, awesome. No, but it's not it's as still, exciting. But, but it is cool. It's very, yes. you know, it is something, and maybe this will breed off into more things for them, because mm-hmm. I'm always more f- down for more animated shows. Especially if they're going to start, you know, digging deep and going into some characters that mm-hmm. typically don't have the Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman right. you know, type of of uh, hype, I guess you could say. And so right. it would be interesting to see them, like, do, I don't know, kind of a... I'm just trying to think. I mean, I, I can go real obscure and be like Vigilante or whatever, but or Batlash, <laughs> something along those lines. But, right. you know, it just, I guess it would be kind of interesting. I know everyone loves Booster Gold and whatnot, so mm-hmm. it would be maybe interesting to see him in, in a, a little couple of short mm-hmm. films like that or whatever, but yeah. it would be kind of cool. This could be uh, this could be like a test run for uh, some, like maybe they'll make her on Arrow or something. Mm. Oh, that would be cool. I hear Arrow is going to be delving into mysticism and magic this season. So yeah, that's Right up her alley. Yeah, and they even got uh, uh, Matt. Oh, I forget his name now. Uh, the the guy who played Constantine on the ABC show. Oh, uh, um, he, yeah, uh, Matt. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's like two first names. Can't yeah, trust him. Matt can't, Frank. Yeah, can't, can't trust those people. Uh, sorry, I forget his name. Uh, but uh, he will be on Arrow uh, as 
Constantine himself. Yeah, I so. heard about that. So, I don't know if he's going to yeah. become like a regular or whatever for the right. show, but I do know he's going to start being on the show more yeah. often. So I feel like this might be a filter since she has the magic pendant and mm-hmm. she'll like go on there and they won't have to explain it. They'll just be like, if you want to know more about Vixen, go to CWC yeah, and watch yeah. the Vixen shorts because, you know, they're awesome. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> That's my advertiser voice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Not good. quite like Casey Kasem, but right, uh, yeah, still, know. you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty close. I'm working on it. Okay. We don't really have a lot of news today. I want to. We're, we're doing. We're shotgunning a few episodes here. Yeah. We're, we're pulling the curtain back. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're shotgunning a few episodes. We're going to be recording another episode in a couple of days here. Um, and I want to save a lot of the newer news for there. So what I want to do, I want to talk about a little bit of stuff that I already talked about a little bit on the Facebook page, uh, in case anybody hasn't heard that or seen those posts. Uh, Nickelodeon uh, has gone ahead and said they're going to be doing. Uh, the life of the, they're going to be doing a series that will follow the life of the exiled Prince of the Fire Nation, Zuko. Oh, I so, heard about this a couple of days ago. Yes, that is. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah. Cause, so, because this is going to take place. Is this taking place after the events of the Last Airbender, or is this taking place before it, Last Airbender? It is taking place before Last Airbender oh. because it's going to be his journey in finding the Avatar that doesn't exist. You know. Yeah. So, as far as I can tell, because if it's the following the exiled prince. Obviously, it would have to be happening during or before. That makes more sense because he yeah. wasn't exiled at that yeah, point. He, at one well, point, it was at the end. He was the fire lord. He was, yeah, so. was, like, he was the king of the land. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that yeah. makes more sense, I guess. But that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way, we're not gonna be on the edge of our seat or anything because guess what kids he doesn't find the avatar <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler so alert. yeah technically he does but he doesn't well catch yeah but, but him. not but in that series That's he's true. not gonna find it in true. that series it's gonna be one uh cold lead <laughs> after another pretty much yeah it'll be interesting to see what stories they come up with for that though and plus yeah. more uncle iroh and i'm cool oh with i know right <laughs> like any, i almost kind of feel like he should have his own like I would, I would love to actually see like him back in his general days like right yeah let's see the war on boss say, yeah. you know, all Wouldn't that, that stuff. Cool? That would yeah. be awesome. That would be awesome, yeah, because we only get to see the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, only other thing that I had, uh, or two other things that I had, was uh, kind of kind of a trailer that uh, popped up, uh, and it looks beautiful. <laughs> it looks absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> let me let me get the let me get the Bop-a-dip-a-dip. let me get the Mwah in there because uh, uh, it's uh, the Loop on the Third uh, oh. trailer for the new uh, series that's coming out. What? And it looks awesome. And in fact, you know what? Screw it. I might edit this out, but we're going to watch it right now. Ah, I'm we're we're not, just going to watch it I while this is going. I have not even seen this. That's we're, amazing. While this is going, we're just going to watch it right now. I don't care. I, lo- I mean, like, it's it's an acquired taste, but Loop on the Third is is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. But this looks beautiful. Look at this. Takes place in Italy. So, so is it, this is new, though, this right? This is brand new. Yeah. When do they do 20, this? 2015. It's coming out now. It's oh, out. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. This is a new trailer. It's coming out. It's coming. Wow. They are cla- they're like playing it close to the, anim- the old right. school animation. Right. Obviously, they could uh, they could have updated the animation, but mm-hmm. they. I mean, I'm glad that they're actually sticking close to it all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's gorgeous. I, I can't I can't wait for this because I've always loved Loop on the Third. Uh it's always been like, uh, and th- th- they've kept it up. Like, there's always been like different movies and television specials that have happened. Like, yeah. Just about every year, there's about, a, or every two years or so, there's a television special and a movie. But this is the first uh, return of an ongoing series. And if you'll notice, he's got a blue jacket on, which is something oh. he, he hasn't had. He's had a red jacket, he's had green jacket, and he's had pink jacket. But hmm. this is the first time, and typically he's red jacket, but this is the first time because every new series, 
He has a new color jacket, and he's on the blue jacket this time. So, <laughs> he's moving on, people. You know, All right, moving on to the blue jacket, and it looks great. Yeah, he's uh, so even got his dinky little car. Yeah, and it's just his dinky little European car. And Wait, is it like Loop, Loop in the Third? Loop on the Third is set in the eighties. Uh, yeah, it's it's somewhere around the yeah. Well, no, because it was, it was made in the sixties. But it was made I, in the sixties. The manga, I believe, was a sixties cartoon. It was a sixties thing, and they had a they had a nineteen seventy no sixties cartoon. I want to say holy the fir- crap! The original series was a nineteen sixties series. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it was it was old, um, but it's. Uh, it's still hanging on. It's one of the oldest uh, running properties over there. And uh, I believe Japan. it, man. I remember that thing when I was a kid. Jeez. Yeah. And you know, that's a series that um, that is one of the few animes that I argue would be good to try and make into an, an American style movie. Yeah. No, I, like I, I a live action. Like a live action Absolutely. American style movie. I, I think because it's got an international cast. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have all Japanese people, or and it doesn't make. It's like, oh, they whitened him up. Well, he's French, so yeah. you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> guess what? He's white. Yeah, he's, like, he's from France. <laughs> he's from France. I know they say Rupon Sansei, but <laughs> yeah, he's, but that's, you know, yeah. Like, the only guys that need to be Japanese are uh, Fujiko, and you could argue like half Japanese for her. Yeah, exactly. And then Zenigata has to be like full on. Goemon so. was a... Uh, oh, Goemon, I'm sorry, yes, Goemon. Yeah. Goemon is straight up Japanese. Yeah. Those are the only two. Fujiko, you could probably, like, get, like, kind of half Asian Yeah, you would need, like, like, a full-blood Japanese person yeah. or anything like that or whatnot, right. but... Yeah, I I'm on board, and right. I would I, I, I'm like yeah. actually I think we so, need to do a Kickstarter for this yeah, Lupin Third uh, what, what you, uh, movie. What, what do you think of my casting here? We're gonna do a casting call. What do you think of my casting? Uh, I I would cast uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Lupin. Ooh, that's a I, good one. I think that's a pretty good one. Honestly. Yeah, that he's would cool. Be... He's suave. People love him, and he he's yeah. got the look to him yeah. too. I could totally see him and, pulling that off. And I, I didn't think he had the physicality until I saw Inception, and then he could pull off a fight scene. And, no, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I think, think he's he's kind of got a little bit of link to him and whatnot lankiness yeah. i guess you could say if you, yeah and i'm sure you could like really slim down to get that skinny skinny loop uh, loop on uh, look yeah. to him and whatnot so i think so yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah that's the only one i have that's it that's all that's i got main character you got that so, at least so all i got so i got maybe robert downey jr as uh as uh jegan i don't know that that could be good <laughs> yeah he's kind of an older guy kind of a kind of a a, a cussing jerk. Yeah, know, no, kinda, yeah, kinda butt, absolutely. You know, Find an upcoming Asian star to play Goemon or something like that, yeah. something like that, and uh, yeah, I think it would work. Yeah, I think it would work. We're gonna, yeah. have, to, we're gonna have to get a cast set out this, send this off to somebody. Yeah, right. Like, make this C- happen. Call up all those Hollywood producers. We know. <laughs> and let it happen, you know? That's yeah, what I'm I'll get Johnny Depp on the phone. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Anyway, back to animation. Back to animation. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the new series of Lupin. I can't wait for that to come out. And uh, the last, the other last thing is, I have to recommend people go see this. Uh, Go watch. If you haven't watched this, I posted on there. Only 19 people this was reached. I don't know how to reach things with uh, Facebook <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Yeah, it'd be hip. S- sometimes it doesn't hit. But anyway, um, uh, the X-Men uh, Japanese openers. Oh. Uh, which are really cool. That's, yeah. I, I showed you these the night we watched Tuesday, it. Tuesday, yes, yeah. I know, dude. And, like, um, just those opening and closers, I was like, I want that right. movie. I yeah. want, I need to show this based off that animation. <laughs> so, that, oh, gosh, it's so amazing. <laughs> Basically, what this is, what I'm talking about, is the 90s X-Men cartoon, the one that actually was lasted for four or five seasons or whatever. Uh, those aired in Japan, uh, I believe, later in the 90s. Well, Japan decided uh, they wanted to make their own opener. <laughs> um, and as awesome as our opener of, of it was, it's it iconic really is. As it is. It's iconic. It's got a great theme. The yes. visuals are fantastic. 
these are way better. <laughs> it just goes to show that Japanese, they may not be big idea people, like, but they can take an idea and refine it and make it awesome. And if, if you're not a fan of J-pop or whatever, because that's the theme song, that they're very J-poppy, imagine these to that old X-Men Ooh, theme. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. While all this is going on? Oh, man. Which is like one of the biggest things I like about the opening and closers of this X-Men stuff is that of the, what is it technically called? Just the Japanese opening and closer? It's literally the Japanese opener to the series, and then this video in particular has the two commercial stingers. The commercial breaks, yeah. The going to commercial and then Hey, we're back from commercial. It has those two versions, and it has both versions of the series, of the opener, of the opener, because there were two openers made. It's amazing. The animation is amazing. You can totally tell it's 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 anime style drawings and whatnot. It's through and through what it is, but that's okay because it's amazing. It's wonderful, and it is funny because like you can tell like they were just like kind of given notes about like what's on the show. It's like here's a few X Men comics because they're putting characters in there that have been, made one appearance in an episode yeah. or have never been in there. And, like, yeah. Cable's, like, a main guy in one of the things. <laughs> oh it's my like, gosh. Cable's in, like, seven episodes. Well, and, I love that <laughs> one scene. I can't remember. It was one of the openers. I know yeah. that for sure. But it's, like, Cable, he just, like, strikes yes. across the screen with just shooting his guns. Shooting guns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you guys get a chance, definitely go yeah. to the Animation Destination uh, Facebook page and just, it's yeah. what, total all four of them are, gonna like, five minutes maybe? Yeah, it's, like, a five-minute video, maybe four minutes. It's yeah. A, it's, like, little minute-long things and it's got the the stingers on there. It's the it, I love it. I love it. I love it. I want more of it. X Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and the the song, man, the song is one of my favorite. Cry for yeah. I know. <laughs> it's like, what uh, is it? Did you guys just lose that in translation or something? Oh, yeah. Are the X Men supposed to be crying? Am I supposed to cry for the moon? <laughs> we What's all, going on here? We all cry for the moon. We all cry for the moon. That's where it goes. That's what we all do. But yeah, uh, I think that's a good enough segue. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, of course, I spelled out that it was a segue, so it's not pretty really a much segue. that yeah. kind of loses its it, luster. It, it kills the punch, but I don't care. <laughs> so we're gonna segue. Seg, a seg. Um, we're going to segue into our topic of the day. Uh, we're going to talk about X-Men Days of Future Past. No. Uh, we're going to talk about X-Men Age of Apocalypse. No. We're going to talk about X-Men Pride of the X-Men, which is the official title, by the way. Yeah, it also is X-Men. X-Men. Colon. Pride, Pride of the X-Men. X-Men is the official title of this. And it's worth uh, saying that it's P-R-Y-D-E. Indeed. Yeah. As it's a play on words, you see. Yeah, it they, is, they it got is, me. It is not the Pride, the P-R-I-D-E. It is Pride, Kitty Pride, of the X-Men, who is basically the star of this. Yes. Um, Obviously, if it was going to yeah. be picked up, that she was going to be the main mm-hmm. central focus, and rightly so, because yeah. that's a character who is very relatable to kids and whatnot, mm-hmm. who would be the main people who would be watching right. the show and whatnot. She's the one that comes in and basically is, you know, like, she's the she's the allegory for the audience. Mm-hmm. What? How do we explain to the audience yeah. what these things are? Who oh, are these people? Easily. We, we have this new kid come in, and they get to explain it. Or we just have Stan Lee model. Oh, and, oh my <laughs> gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, man. That was the best thing. Well, like, I don't, well, I don't know how much money they would have to have paid X Men to be the to, to be the narrator for that show. Yeah, but I think, like, I really think the '90s series dropped the ball by not having Stanley do the uh, do the narrating on yeah. that show. Yeah, it, uh, I just because as soon as it comes, up, Stanley's got one of those types of voices that it's like it's like a wave of calm comes over <laughs> you when you hear it, and you're just waiting for that catchphrase, Excelsior and, or True Believers or and, something. And the best part is they. Uh, 
this was done by Marvel Productions, mm. so they could they just like probably phoned up Stan like, "Hey Stan, you want to do this?" Like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right, absolutely, and they probably paid him a you know they probably paid him something. And when, when was but, this done? Know. It was the this was done in nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine. Wow. Uh, that's when this came out. Um, but it was only released on VHS at a very limited rate. I, it never aired on the air. I'm gonna say they didn't even put it on the air one time. Yeah, I think this was just made into a freaking pilot. Well, like, it, it, <laughs> come on, well, you it was pilot a, by showing it on television. It was a pilot that was made. Uh, I, I don't. I, let me see. I'm gonna read here when we get to a point where we get to get to talk. I'm gonna read and see if it actually is. But this was done by uh, Marvel Studios, uh, where they were doing. Um, you know, they did the Fantastic Four in 1978, which mm-hmm. was the Herbie the Robot cartoon. Yeah. Uh, they did. I'm going over the history of it for right now. Um, they also continued on with uh, the Spider-Woman cartoon that was in 1979. Mm-hmm. If anybody remembers that, uh, that was the original Jessica Drew. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't terrible. Uh, for its time. It wasn't very good either, but it wasn't terrible. <laughs> uh, the Spider-Man 1981, people will recognize my theme song as being a version of that, actually. So uh, I, everybody knows... Anybody who picked that out knows that that's a, a good one in my book. And Spider-Man is an amazing friends and the Incredible Hulk 1982 cartoon. So mm. uh, they, they were kind of a they were kind of a powerhouse at that time, even before the big boom of like, oh, we can sell toys with cartoons now. <laughs> yeah. and, like they, they were kind of getting in on the ground floor with that. Um, interestingly enough, that's a big space in between uh, 1982. And uh, 1989, when this was actually released. Mm -hmm. Um, So the actual production of when this was actually made, I don't know. Uh, But it was released, and I feel like it was made earlier, and it was only released on VHS in 1989. I don't know if that's true or not. That is speculation for me. Uh, Because this was... um, it's interesting the way this is. It's a very interesting artifact, this VHS, or this this whole thing. Um, <laughs> I love how you call it an artifact too, because it really it is. is. It's, like, it's 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 a cartoon artifact. It it's, should it should be treated as such. It should be. I, if, if ever there's an animation museum, I would like to donate. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like yeah, if I ever come to com- come in possession of that VHS. You know, yeah, I was gonna you know, say I was like, yeah, it, it, I, I would donate that to a museum, to abso- an animation museum, to have it up there. Absolutely, like, yeah. It's it, it is, and it, it, even if you can't consider it like animation history, yeah. it is definitely like comic book history yes. because like something of that caliber mm-hmm. really kind of opened the doors for comic books to start being mm-hmm. becoming more popular because it was mm-hmm. only and by the way I was wrong it was not 94 when the uh, series came out it was 92 okay and 92, so yeah. three years yeah. later three it years was, later yeah it was yeah. literally when the, the successful X-Men yeah. uh, animated series came out and that thing ran for like five seasons five yeah. years or something like that I mean, yeah. it, was, it was insane and if memory serves me that was uh, that was quick booted through as well because uh, Jim Lee's X-Men it's what it's based off of that yeah. series mm-hmm. based off of Jim Lee's X-Men uh, that became the biggest selling comic of all time, X Men yep. number one, mm-hmm. because of all the all the comic covers. So uh, I think it was five different five covers. Five different covers. So everybody bought five different versions yeah. of that thing. Had to have the, the splash page it, and all that stuff. It has yet to be beaten, hasn't it? It's still the most oh, top selling. Top it's, selling. Uh, I think it's. Yeah, still I, think is. It is top, I think it is number one. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, like, I mean, one. they made millions of it. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah, and uh, I that, think we have like ten here in the store itself. And I believe that was enough to just pretty much like Fox was like, yes, green light that, do that, go, <laughs> let's do want to do that, Get, call Marvel, you know, like, yeah. and they, they they straight up put it out there and, and just 
rushed, you know, and got it out. They, they took their time, obviously, because it's a well-produced show. Yes. Uh, for the most part. There are some episodes that I will critique. Uh, yeah. In, in, I, in, in a series that I would love to call Five Worst. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to call that out, actually. Five Best, Five Worst. Uh, I want to do a video. I'm going to do a video series on that. That's happening. That'd so. be good. Yeah. Uh, but I already have my Batman animated series episodes in my head. <laughs> for that one. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it has this inter- interesting history of being this thing that never happened. Uh, it's it's an artifact of what if. You know. Like, yes. What, what if this show happened? And let's let's break it down for everybody because. Anybody who hasn't seen it yet, actually go and watch it. But, please you know, do. Please yeah. do go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's very readily available because nobody really owns this thing. And literally, you just type uh, in Pride of the X-Men, it's it, the top one. It's the top one, and it's all 20 minutes of the Plus, thing. that top one has that sweet Spider-Man. Oh, my God, that terrifying <laughs> Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, God. Or not cartoon. It's, but it's, no, it's, it's live action, yeah, oh but it's God. just the Spider-Man who's it, telling you to go register to vote. It's like, what, 30 seconds it's at like the most? 30 but, seconds long, but it has this horrifying music in the background. It's like, do 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 yeah, it's like it's like one of those like drug commercials. Yeah, like, it's like don't like, do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. This is what happens when you do drugs. Don't do drugs. Like, but he's like telling you to go register to vote. Yeah. I'm like, what? The tone here is completely yeah. off. I don't know <laughs> what you're asking of me, but I feel like I should be scared to register to vote. I feel like that's what it is. I feel like there's another Spider-Man uh, uh, don't do drugs commercial. It's like all like kind of light and happy. That's I, like, that's well, suppo- that was supposed to be the go yeah, register. Yeah, it's like to vote. oh, we flip the audios on these guys. Oh well, just put it out. Whatever. Whatever. Put it in, whatever. Like, <laughs> Nobody's going to really notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like patriotic music going on in the background. Like, Don't do drugs, get done, 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 done. Oh man, that'd be hilarious. I know. I kind of want to see this <laughs> yeah. now. Oh man, I got a whole little thing going on above my head right. about it. So uh, let's break down what happens on this series. All right, uh, we open up with Stanley mm-hmm. uh, doing the narration. Uh, telling you basic, giving you a basic setup that uh, mutants are a thing that exists, and they're uh, terrifying, they're terrifying as well. Yeah. Everyone's scared of yeah. a mutant. Yeah, but they have they have um, ex- he does they do extenuate that they have extraordinary powers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't specifically say, but then he straight straight up just tells like he tells the audience like straight up like Magneto's the bad guys, and there's X Men who are the good guys because they do their stuff for good. And here's Magneto. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so then we uh, come up on a, on a military convoy mm-hmm. with Magneto who is being held. Um, in his entire gear. Uh, yeah, like yeah. they didn't even decide to take it away. Yeah. I mean, which I guess his power is doesn't come from his gear. Power comes from him. So yeah, there's yeah. no reason, I guess. Uh, maybe they just like was able to trick him to stand in that one right, spot. Right, one spot. Flip the switch yeah, and like, like he's trapped there. Oh, no, like, dang it. <laughs> they didn't really explain how he got captured, but whatever. He's they put like, a bagel there. And yeah, he's like, a oh, bagel. a bagel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> A little known I mean, fact: What Magneto's weakness? Bagels. Bagels. That's didn't, what it everybody is. Didn't know. Nobody knew that. Uh, that's, uh, that's a little thing. A little bit of trivia for you, kids. Um, no, uh, basically, uh, he's in this. He's in this convoy. He's in the back of this truck with a force field around him. And he's basically saying, "I'm Magneto. You better let me out of here. I'm going to kill all you." And a gen, I, someone who I can only identify as General Thunderbolt Ross. No, <laughs> uh, just because that, he's an older man who well, happens to be in the military. Well, he, he's also just like, "Man, I'm angry and I hate mutants." I don't like you, different people. Yeah, um, I believe his name is Colonel Chaffee. I think is what they say in the thing. So, uh, so yeah, he. 
basically, um, White Queen shows up and yeah. uh, breaks Magneto out. Which uh, she has this power she that does. she never, never, she never seen. had. Yeah, so she never had this. White Queen, uh, Emma Frost is typically diamond skin and telepathy. Mm-hmm. And, and this was prior to diamond skin as well. And so. yeah, yeah, this yeah. was before she actually had this. So maybe this was just yeah. compensating or whatever. But she makes like a, like she puts her hands on her head. You think she's going to do something with telepath, yeah. telepathy. And she makes this like bolt, uh, like yeah. a ja- light, lightning like a, javelin or yeah. something like that. It's like an energy javelin. Yeah, and, and she, she just chucks it right at the freaking uh, 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 truck yeah. and blows up and, you know, yeah. allows Magneto she, to be able to escape. She but. does have the telepathy powers, interestingly enough. Yeah. Because she does, like, make everybody think that there's quicksand on the road. And they, everyone's and, sinking. And they're all, like, not. freaking out and everything, and then it kind of goes away. And I love White Queen's voice in this. Uh, she She's a very – she's it, she barely speaks, but the time that she does is kind of my favorite they make it. They make her sound uh, like a witch, actually. Yeah. They, they it, did a very, whoever did the voice acting, it was a very, very good job. Yeah, her name is Susan Silo, and she does. She's in so many cartoons in the eighties. <laughs> I, you know, she um, uh, she's not a regular on GI Joe, but she does a bunch of different characters on GI Joe. Sure. Different, you know. Uh, but it, it's it's a great voice. But anyway, she she basically comes down, frees Magneto. Magneto gets out, and everybody's like, "Oh no, Magneto's free!" <laughs> and that's that's the end of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So literally, that's about all there is to that, is, that but, scene. Um, then they cut to Kitty Pride showing up at the X Mansion. Uh, she's got a letter from somebody named Professor X saying that she know he knows about her mutant powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knows about her mutant powers. How could this be? Yeah, How exactly. could this be? Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, so she goes in, and uh, Xavier's there, and you know, I guess to like just like wean people in. He doesn't want to. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't training wheels any of this stuff. Like no, like, it, straight up, you come in and he just he just puts a projection of himself. Yeah, going over to projecting her. himself right in front of her. He's like, this is you probably want to want to baby step into the astral projection. There, I mean, pal. you like, literally wrote her a letter about things that she's not told anybody, yeah. and now you're just like, look, it's a ghost of me now, greeting you as you walk through the door. Now, granted, maybe it is kind of like a, a like a like a hand holding, like yeah, you can walk through walls. You're not the only person who can do crazy stuff, man. Okay, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's a little bit, but I don't know. It's just it's funny because like he just straight up is like astral projecting. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> he meets her for real, and uh, it's a really well done relationship in the small time that they have. Mm-hmm. They really do nail the Kitty Pride Xavier relationship like right off. It's very it's very father figure. Yep. Um, it, it's really well done. Uh, she's terrified of the fact that she's going to be a mutant, and then he wants to comfort her and say. We're all mutants. And so to uh, chill her out a little bit, he shows us his death machine that is, <laughs> that is known as the, the danger room. Yeah, I was going to say his death room pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. What it is. His walking death room. And, and we see probably one of my favorite entrances to the X-Men. Yes. Um, the, the 92 cartoon did a great job as well in the mall. Yeah. But uh, this, this is kind of one of my favorite ones. Well, basically because it was the first time that I was kind of introduced to the X-Men anyway. Yeah, uh, in an animated capacity, you got a little bit of a nostalgic factor. Yeah, I got a nostalgic yeah, factor, but they, they basically open it up with basically Charles Xavier uh, narrating over each one of their danger room uh, stunts. Basically, yeah, their, what they're doing rooms. and so on, and so and forth. And it's got Cyclops in an Aztec place, and it's like this is Cyclops, and he can shoot a beam of energy, and he <laughs> blows up this big Aztec robot, <laughs> and then you know Peter Rasputin's Colossus, and he's going through this tomb and he gets crushed but then he turns into the closets and smashes the thing through which I, that like little just, sequence right there it's yeah. like what 15 seconds or yeah. something like that really yeah. quick 
that animation where he's jumping over pillars yeah, and stuff right. like that. Oh man, and it's his, so cool. And, and the one comes down on his arm and it scrapes, scrapes and it's, right and down it through sparks. it. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. It's just good. It, there's nothing like eighties animation. Yeah, man. there's yeah. something about that. They that, had such attention to detail <laughs> that, and whatnot. That Toei animation when they were contracted out to do this stuff, mm. like. They mm, so good. They did the GI Joe. For for those who don't know, Toei Animation's and it's a Jap- famous Japanese animation mm-hmm. studio. They did the GI Joe movie. They did the Transformers movie, which we talked about here on the last episode mm-hmm. of of this podcast. Um, and they also did um, pretty much everything that I can think of. They did a few episodes of GI Joe, although a lot of those were contracted to cheaper studios, so the animation doesn't hold up quite as well every time. Uh, but they also did Bionic 6, which was amazingly animated, if anybody remembers that show. Uh, but yeah, just the animation here is spectacular. Then it moves on to my girl, moves on to Dazzler. Uh, <laughs> one of my, the, she's been one of my favorite comic book characters for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because of this short. So, oh, is it really? It's, this is the reason. Okay. I, My, I know a lot of, yeah. well, maybe not a lot, but I know people that uh, yeah. their favorite X-Men is the Dazzler. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, it's really hard to kind of like pin down from these people mm-hmm. like why they really like the uh, the character so much. Yeah. She's a free spirit. She's a singer. She, you know, she deals with a lot of right. real life, real world uh Problems. She's got really cool powers. Right, you know, what, yeah, there's yeah. a ton of different reasons people like them, but it's yeah. very interesting. Just your exposure to it, mm-hmm. and the fact it's like, what she can make light from like sound. <laughs> yeah. and, oh she, my god! She just like had the coolest. Like I, I, for me, it was like that's the one I would want to do. Is like put my hand into a gun shape and fire laser <laughs> bolts out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. It is and pretty cool. Not, yeah. Not only that, it's probably my favorite look she has. Yes, um, that the '80s Dazzler mm-hmm. is probably the the it, most interesting because she's got that bandana on. She mm-hmm. got that leather jacket, leather jacket over. It. Yeah, it's it, really nice. Sure. Much better than her uh, yeah. her original costume where she's like a disco dancer. <laughs> the disco much. queen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, which her original name was going to be the Disco Dazzler. Oh so. man, I'm glad they changed yeah. that. They, yeah, they, they decided. Well, disco's kind of dying. Let's just do Dazzler. That's um, it. So yeah, she she was one of my favorites. Also because. Um, afterwards, there was no other. I was, I was kind of, I was, I remember being disappointed that Dazzler wasn't in the 92 cartoon. Mm-hmm. I was like, where's, da-? I liked, you know, I, I gravitated to other characters. I think there was an episode. There was an episode. Yeah, but, but uh, like, as far as like a reoccurring yeah, character, no. Yeah. I, the, the fact that she's a main one on this roster, and it was just, it really hit me as like, oh, awesome. Like, yeah. who's this person? And, and, I was like, and she's great. Then we get to Nightcrawler, who is a big part of this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Storm, who is very, used very sparingly in this episode. Which kind of makes sense. Because she's there she's, when you need her, I yeah, guess. Yeah, not really. She doesn't ha- take on the the yeah. uh, like Storm in the '90s cartoon. She was like a very powerful voice, like mm-hmm. standing up to Cyclops. And in this one, she's very passive. She just kind of does what she needs to do mm-hmm. when when it she, needs to be done. She does stand up to Wolverine, though. Yeah, that, yeah that is kinda, true. She's kind of the one that quells him a lot. So oh, let's talk about that guy. Let's talk about. Wolverine, shall we? Okay, so like literally <laughs> the first line you have of him yep. is him like pulling a horrible Tony the Tiger growl <laughs> or something. Oh. I don't like this kid here. <laughs> and I was like, all right, oh. okay. So she's, and oh my gosh, I was telling Steven about this. Steven's the, uh, uh, the uh, one of the other hosts of uh, Bagged and Beard of the podcast that I'm on. Yep. And I was telling him about the show and he, he watched it last night. He, he texted me as soon as he got done. He's like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and I was like, I know, man. I was like, what'd you think of Wolverine? He's like, it's so awful. <laughs> and it's like, I know. Wolverine starts off with like a British Whoa. accent, which then translates into mm-hmm. a, uh, like an Australian, Australian, which then he goes back to like a mesh of the two. Mm-hmm. Never touches on 
Canadian right. whatsoever. Right. There's not a hint of Canadian accent in right, that one right. bit. We will get back to this. Oh, we, God, we will get back to this. It's but, awful. Uh, it, uh, people don't like it. It's the I, one. I, I say it's awful it, and only because Wolverine is literally one mm-hmm. of my favorite, not just Absolutely. X-Men, it just characters in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. And the fact's like, Oi, what's this little brat doing over here? Oi, oi. Yeah, it's, oh my gosh. It's um, awful. Now, uh, now, I will preface this by saying he didn't have a voice prior to this. No, and but I do know, like, I know the first appearance. His first appearance is Canadian. introducing the first and greatest Canadian it's true. superhero. But in the X-Men comic, they don't make it very apparent on that cover. And that's probably what they're drawing from. Yeah, I guess so. You know so. what I'm saying? Like, I well, feel draw, like that's draw, what they're drawing. Draw them however you want yeah. to. Well, no, the guy draw, who does no, the voice. Drawing from. Oh, I feel okay, that, okay. That's the source they're drawing from. And I also have other things that I have to tell you yeah, about. Fair that. enough, fair but enough. we'll get back to it. Because we'll I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind with that. <laughs> um, so anyway, basically, an alarm goes off. They realize that Magneto's escaped and uh, Pyro and Blob are holding hostages at some observatory thing. Um, so they all go off, but Kitty doesn't go, obviously, because she's a rookie. She's not trained. So uh, as they go off, the whole team goes to take on Pyro and Blob. Leaving Xavier and Kitty at leaving, the mansion. Leaving Xavier and Kitty in the mansion, and then the Juggernaut shows yeah. up. I'm the Juggernaut. Can't say that on this podcast, <laughs> but... Anyway. I'm the Juggernaut person. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, and Magneto also shows up. So of course. Literally the two most powerful members of that Of team, the evil brotherhood, of, the evil brotherhood. Uh, of mutants, yeah. Basically walk up on Xavier's lawn and are like, I'm going to take a dump on your couch. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that cool? Can I do that? Uh, I don't know if that's okay. Turns out what he's after is the mutant power circuit of Cerebro. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that entails. I guess it's the thing that enhances power. That's what I would say. It, it, I guess it, it's, so. It's the, it's the part of Cerebro that enhances that allows Xavier. uh, Xavier's ability to search mutants and yes. everything. It kind of makes sense in that regard for what it's used for. For what it's later on, yes. Um, so this, uh, yeah, so it's very interesting. This is written by Larry Parr, by the way, who did a lot of uh, cartoons in the 90s, in, oh, okay. in, the, in the 80s. Uh, he did G.I. Yeah, Joe, a lot of those. Um, oh, so, okay. Well, it, yeah. it very th- mm-hmm. harkens back to that and but whatnot. I, but I feel like it's very well structured in its writing and everything. So Kitty tries to get away with the thing. Uh, she accidentally phases through Cerebro's de- uh, defense grid. Kind of shuts it, it down Kind of shuts it down for a second, which... It's Juggernaut and Magneto. Yeah, it's, it's, They're getting through. Yeah. <laughs> all like, that's like, doing is like literally <laughs> slowing him down like a half a second, yeah. if anything. So uh, Xavier gives the mutant power circuit to Kitty. She tries to run off. Magneto kind of gives, spiels the whole like join me kind of deal, the dark side. Yeah. And Kitty outright rejects him, which is kind of like, you just met these people, yeah, but whatever. You know, like, like this guy could literally yeah. rip you apart. Which, and you're just like, <laughs> no. Which we will get into uh, when I get to my critiques of the, of the show, of, okay. of what this is. But uh, there's a reason for that being a bit strikingly odd. Uh, so Magneto kind of just, like, wafts her away, like, kind of gets these little electrodes to come out and shock her. And she, like, drops the, the sphere and he gets it. And he's like, ah, yes, the world's mine. <laughs> and then I, I'm pretty sure, like, like, Juggernaut just beats the crap out of Xavier off screen. You, yeah, you don't see <laughs> it. He's like, where do you think you're going, little brother? Yeah. And then that's all you really see of him. And, and then we come back on Xavier and he's just buried in rubble. Buried in rubble, yeah, and exactly. not dead somehow. So <laughs> I don't know. How I know, right? Like, if he went up, even if he wasn't buried in rubble, he went yeah. up against the Juggernaut. Yeah. Who, like, I, I don't know. Like, who he can't control. No, he's not got at the all. Helmet, the helmet's so. on him. Exactly. The, there is no way he could... I don't know. I don't know how yeah. Xavier survived that part. But it's but fine. He, he, so like maybe Magneto said, "Don't kill him." Yeah, it's just like because you know that maybe maybe that is maybe he's like I I still want to convince him after this is done. Yeah, that's you know, still like, my friend. Still my friend. Don't kill my don't kill my friend. It's my bro, so, bro. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so he um 
so basically, that happens. X-Men are going to fight Pyro and Blob. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really happen. It just kind of, like... Like, th- th- there's a bit of a fight, but not really. Like, yeah. Blob's just kind of standing there, and he knocks Colossus away, and then Pyro shoots fire, and then Storm puts out the fire, and then they save the hostages. And Pyro and Blob run away. Yeah. They're just a distraction anyway, so it yeah. makes sense that that's not a fight. Just to get the X-Men uh, out of the mansion. A, a, little, bit of the, a little bit of the mutant uh, prejudice uh, thing. Nightcrawler grabs a little girl's doll, who's one of the hostages. And gives she it, drops, yeah. Th- gives it back to her. The kid says thank you, but the parents are like, Get away! Get out of here, you mutant! Yeah, mutant! Stupid muties! So yeah, a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of the thing. Yeah, and that's, that's always been. Uh, for, that was a big know? thing in the '90s cartoon mm-hmm. as well. Right. So uh, then they decide like that was a little weird. They, they just <laughs> ran off. So they get back to the professor, um, and everything's screwed. The, yeah, the mansion old. is destroyed. Um, and uh, they find Kitty. They find Xavier, and they say he took the mutant power circuit. I don't know what he's going to use it for. I have to. I have to do my mental thing. So he does his mental thing. I gotta do the telepathy. So he basically mental mines up into uh, Asteroid M to where uh, Magneto has set up his whole thing and uh, Toad gets introduced and he puts the mutant power circuit up Mm -hmm. uh, and then he starts uh, using the mutant power circuit to enhance his abilities and he grabs the Scorpio Comet which is uh, um, a comet that's, like, moving by the... Yeah, at that time, I guess. At that time. They, so been, they go, mentioned now, a little later on that it's like, yeah. it was just going to be an astronaut or astrological phenomenon, but now right. it's a potential threat yeah. and now, all this. Uh, it is good to note that uh, uh, the, the reason that Pyro and Blob were the observatory was to steal the coordinates. So, oh. they, so they got the coordinates for okay. it so they could lock on. I literally so, just thought it was like, yeah. uh, let's go yeah. terrorize this place over here. Right, but there was yeah. actual reason for yeah, them. Yeah, there was. Okay. So, so he had the coordinates. They lock in the coordinates. They put in the mutant power circuit. And Magneto grabs hold of the comet. And he's going to launch it into the Earth, creating a, a forever winter, killing off the humans, and only humans will survive. <laughs> it's like I'm assuming only mutants with fire powers. Yeah, or, it's like, uh, mutants to. also breathe air as well, Magneto. I don't, uh, it, maybe not all of them, but. This, this was one of the early times. One of the early moments of X Men kind of being, you know, it's like that evolutionary step upwards. So it's kind of like just assumed, I think, that yeah, the next evolution is going to survive the catastrophe. Mm-hmm. So he's speeding up the catastrophe. Sure. Um, and also, he's on asteroid M, so he don't care. What yeah, he doesn't there. care. So he'll just come down after everybody's dead. He's he just going to have a great show. Is pretty much what he's going to be sitting up in his asteroid right. watching all the fireworks. Uh, so the X Men. Uh, so Xavier gets the whole like boom. Oh, the power. Oh, it's psychic amazing. feedback. Psychic oh, no. feedback. Um, and. Um, so they go up to Asteroid M, and we get a good uh, little confrontation. Kitty sneaks aboard, obviously, because they yeah. don't want Kitty to go. But she sneaks aboard, because she's Kitty. Because she's Kitty. And uh, they all go up in, in space suits, and they're going to go take on Magneto. And you get a gauntlet scene. Uh, Storm is left behind to keep the atmosphere flowing in the in the, in the base, asteroid, yep. which is cool. It's cool mm-hmm. use of her power. Um, but then everybody else kind of has to move along because Pyro shows up. Dazzler takes him on. The yep. rest move along. Toad shows up. Wolverine takes him on. The rest move along, et cetera, et cetera. Colossus, Juggernaut, Juggernaut yeah. Cyclops, White Queen. Uh, Nightcrawler gets up against Blob, teleports behind him. <laughs> yeah. Blob doesn't know what to do. Blob, yeah, Blob's like, where'd he go? So interestingly, Nightcrawler is the one that gets to Magneto. So, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of love because Nightcrawler was just like uh, he wasn't like the, the main star of the show. No, yeah, but he was just kind of like he was that representation of like 
I'm a freak on the outside, but one of the best possible people on the inside. He's a hero through and He's through. He's a hero through and through, and this shines through on that. Uh, Magneto's basically like, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> Comet Scorpio's going to hit Earth in three minutes. I even got a timer. So, yeah. <laughs> a very calculated uh, timer. Yeah, right? like, like, in really three minutes. <laughs> like, what? Give or take. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple of minutes. I don't know. Uh, so then Kitty shows up. Um, stops him from literally phases up, fa- phases up floor. to the floor. Yeah, really cool it. scene. Yeah, it was awesome. Grabs his hand and says, you know, and it's like you know, protects him. Then Lockheed, who's there inexplicably, yeah. forgot to mention that. On yeah, I know is, that, that's one that I want to touch on. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. Lockheed is supposed to be an alien who Kitty picks up, and somehow he's with a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants that Magneto hates for yeah. whatever reason. You know, every they, time Lockheed just he can just be hanging ha- out, and Magneto's <laughs> like, "Get away, you dragon." They, they they have to they have to concede some things to get people in there. I, I guess, guess so. They, they like, wanted Lockheed in there, and they're like, "Well, we don't want to do the little dimensional thing, so we'll just make him some little creature that's on this asteroid." <laughs> and she helps. He helps Kitty. He basically yeah. bites Magneto's foot, helps Kitty out, and then Kitty, you know, punches him into the you know tackles him into his own machine, reverses the the polarity somehow because some way <laughs> Xavier might be doing it remotely. I don't know. And then uh, Nightcrawler grabs the circuit that's been broken. That's right because it, uh, it it's broken by uh, when uh, Kitty grabs uh, Magneto's, Magneto's hand, hand and he, he shoots a like shoots a magnetic out. beam or something. Yeah, and it accidentally like breaks one of the circuits or whatever. Yeah, so. so so he's, he grabs it, and now the circuit's fusing through him. Yeah, literally uh, he's being electrocuted. Yeah, he's being electrocuted. Maybe he's filtering it through his suit. suit. I uh, yeah, but, maybe. I don't know. But. Uh, but he. But now that he's the guy that's connecting it, the comet's being directed towards Asteroid M. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, we've foiled your plans. But then Magneto's <laughs> like, oh, yeah? Because... <laughs> I'm in, out. Peace. So, so in, order for this, for, in order for it to not redirect back to Earth... Nightcrawler has to keep that circuit going, so which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but fine. Yeah, uh, you know. it's like if it's already on its way, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I feel like you can let go. Uh, so yeah, um, but we'll, we'll let that slide because it, it, it really kind of... Like, <laughs> Why? You know, because we have comic whole, books. Yeah, you know, we have the whole, like, you know, Nightcrawler is going to stay there and die and save the world, basically. Yes. Uh, but a brilliant plan is hatched as uh, they... As they exit, uh, um, Xavier tells uh, Nightcrawler, "I'm going to keep the I'm going to keep the Blackbird on the view screen that he's looking at. Yeah. So use your teleportation ability to get to us before the comet hits, which is kind of brilliant because he's only line of sight teleportation. Yeah, but like um, I was always under the impression he has yeah. to like he has to physically be there right. to see. Like if that's the case." You right. can show him a video of Japan, and he'd be like, yeah. oh, <laughs> it teleports right over if to Japan. If so. it's a live view, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, but I was thought, yeah. I, like I said, I was always under the impression he has to be able to physically see where he's going. But right, right. once again, comic books, yeah. people. You know, it, it, it's called, li- the, the way they say it is line of sight I know, they like drive that into, like, mm-hmm. his introduction uh, when they're in the danger room and Kitty right. first shows up, he's like, and now Nightcrawler, he's a master of line of sight teleportation. Yeah. They say that like three or you, four times in the whole episode. You could argue that they're keeping the camera, that Xavier's keeping the camera at a direct line of sight with the Blackbird. Oh, okay. As that it's was, leaving. All right. That, that might make sense. That might know. make more sense. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll concede it. Well, you know what? I, I think it's rather clever for the terminology that they've Yeah, used, no, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it was an interesting idea. It's just, like I said, I was always under the impression uh, Nightcrawler couldn't teleport mm-hmm. anything to anyone. Well, to where he, he could, couldn't see. He could. It's just but, he could face through a wall yeah, and be like, oh, yeah, exactly. oh, this hurts. Exactly. So, but then, like, you know, it's space, so it's like... 
Yeah, I guess. What it's am like, I gonna hit? Yeah, <laughs> like, another asteroid. So, or? so he teleports into space, but he's too close to Earth's atmosphere, and so they think he burns up in Earth's atmosphere. But he teleports into one of the lockers. Everything he's saved. But he, you know, they get that whole moment of like Kitty apologizing for judging him the way he looked because there was a few bits of that. Yeah, in the beginning she um, freaks out when she sees him, like right, like the classic is, Nightcrawler. He looks like yeah. a demon, pretty much, which, and so everyone always loses yeah. their mind when they first see him. Which is cool because she's one that's being, you know, like feeling oppressed, and then she does it to somebody else who is physically different than her mm-hmm. and she does the same thing and we all learn a little bit of a lesson at the end. <laughs> so, Don't uh, judge people uh, by their night crawlers. Yes. Wait, no, that's not it. That's not right. But anyway, <laughs> so, and, and that's pretty much where it ends. Uh, you know, it ends on a thing of like, you know, and then, uh, yeah, uh, Wolverine consenting yeah, a little bit. You know, uh, the, like, the, like Storm like says something to Wolverine. Like, like, oh, like, so well, what do you think about her now? Wolverine's like, she got in trouble or, wait, hang on a second. Like, she Boy, got, she got, got in trouble and she like, oh. The kid got lucky. Yeah, exactly. Don't make her an X Men. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, oh, he's gonna and, warm up to her. And then we end on a narration of Stanley again. And, ah, uh, so great. And we're just waiting for this thing to happen, and it never happens. Yeah, I um, know. but that's okay. Now I want to get into uh, my critiques and a bit of the history of this thing. Uh, my critiques of this movie uh, are far and few between. Yeah, uh, for me. Um, a lot of the critiques come from like, oh, well, that's a mic- like Blob and Pyro's on Mystique's team. It's like, dude, seriously, you just need yeah. a team of bad mutants. That's exactly, what, that's what you need. Yeah. Um, and Magneto kind of works for, uh, or Mystique kind of works for Magneto half the time. She anyway. she becomes yeah. the leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah. After Magneto's kind of been usurped, I guess you could say yeah. for a little while. So. So you know, it's just I feel like it's just kind of like you know, you just need a group of bad guys. That's yeah. what's happening. Um, and you can introduce other different groups of bad guys and all sorts of cool stuff. You can even have, you know, other characters. That well, you could have almost kind of like a, a, yeah. a Beast Wars type of thing where it's like New Mutant shows up, right. which sides are going to join. Yeah, whatnot, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, stuff like that. You don't even know. Like yeah. Avalanche could show up. And yeah. Maybe, maybe he's going to join the X-Men. No, and there's there's been uh, there's yeah. been mutants that have like kind of gone back and forth mm. between good guys, bad guys, so yeah. on and so forth. So. Yeah. There, so, it would have laid the foundation for a yeah. lot of great stories. For me, that is that is definitely a critique. And Wolverine's voice is also oh a critique gosh, for me as well. Oh my that's the worst thing. Not I mean, as much for you. Uh, I like, I, yeah, no, was, uh, so like, uh, anybody that knows me knows that one of like, <laughs> I love Spider-Man, I grew up with Spider-Man, but when I yeah. when I became a uh, little bit older, I just love anything with like samurais and whatnot, and when Chris Claremont and Frank Miller took this wild, like, mountain man and turned him into like a lone samurai, I was like... This is amazing. So right. for the longest time, pretty much since I've been alive, actually, Wolverine <laughs> has been this type of character who's just been this lone samurai. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I, I guess I really, like, his voice is not, uh, they did a pretty good job of being of him being this tough guy who doesn't warm up to people too quickly or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I feel the character was was The well, character was, well, it's just the on. voice is just yeah. awful. Um, it is it, awful. The, I, oh, gosh. It's, it's not very well, I mean, you know, the guy does a fine job, but he's doing an accent that he doesn't know how to do obviously if he, he's doing a fine job if he's going for a british or an australian <laughs> accent but other than that canadian he's not even close no which but he was told to do an australian so he was he, told here's the thing man of course he was told to do it like, why here's the thing okay i'm gonna blow your mind but i'm gonna blow your mind in a second i want to get to my critiques okay first. go ahead go my ahead. other critique my only critique of this those those aren't that one you know that one's sort of a critique but my big critique of it is the fact that this was only 20 minutes long yeah this was clearly a script of three separate episodes, or mm. at 
least an hour. It was at least a two or three parter, two parter at least of twenty two minute episodes, mm-hmm. uh, which is why you kind of get that fleeting like all of a sudden Kitty completely trusts Xavier, yeah. and says mutants and humans can live together, and all. It's because that was a longer stint where she spent with the X Men. That she was, was a, supposed to yeah. uh, and see how oh mutants are also bad right, after exactly. all. Yeah, and, and I feel like. A lot of the critiques of this come from the fact that it goes too by too quickly, and I think it's because they had to cram in a whole lot from this pilot into 20 minutes. I mm-hmm. feel like they initially got, like, or they initially were pushing for an hour show, and that's what they wrote for, and then they said, we got 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, and they okay. just started scratching stuff out. So <laughs> all this character de- yeah. development right here? Let's right. take that out real quick. But I think... She just automatically has a heart <laughs> after this. Yeah, but I think, honestly, they did a wonderful job for the limited amount of time they had. Yeah. To cram in everything that they had. They they Everything went quickly. Like, it was it was like, oh, he's a mutant. Oh, he's escaped. Oh, we're, we're, this is Xavier's player. Let's play Get to the Creeps. He drives <laughs> off. Oh, I'm the X-Men. We're the X-Men. <laughs> it's, it's just like... It, it just goes very quickly. Oh, but, hang on a second. I really kind of want to start having uh, Brandon's five minute movies. <laughs> that, that was it? that yeah. was pretty right. good. Yeah, that yeah, little yeah. bit, like you okay. just yeah. take this half hour episode. <laughs> I could do it in a thirty it. seconds. Yeah, like I, don't know, I was like maybe like two minutes or something like that. That was that was amazing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I feel like um, like they they did a good job of keeping everything. They introduced in there. the characters in mm-hmm. a very fluid manner. Mm-hmm. You got a nice little, and also this is something that. It has to be done correctly, otherwise it, it, it's not done well at all. And they did it well in this. You introduce the characters, kind of give a little bit of who they are, mm-hmm. and then show powers. And you, they were in the danger room while right. their power or while their uh, introductions were going on. So you yeah. get to see who they are, how they behave, and so on and so forth. Like yeah. Nightcrawler, he's just teleporting around this uh, yeah. like robot or whatever, and then he cuts to Wolverine, and he just. Slices through. Takes his claws out and just goes right through that robot. Yeah. So it's like Nightcrawler, very passive. He doesn't really want to fight. He's mm-hmm. he's mostly just trying to jump around him. Wolverine gets right up in there and just yeah. you know guts him pretty much. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colossus kind of the he's he's the big bruiser, but he's not the guy that's going to punch first. He's, exactly. He's going to use his powers when it's necessary. And, and he's still a lighthearted guy because once yeah. he once he pushed that pillar out of yeah, the way, he's like ah, I don't know. He's cool. Yeah. He's, <laughs> and that's another thing in yeah. the animated series in the nineties animated. Series. Colossus was there very sparingly, mm-hmm. but when he was, it was like the, whoever did his voice. It, it felt like it was very forced. Yes, yeah. Like it didn't sound Indiana. very. Close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, is that Italian? I don't think it's Russian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the guy who did uh, 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 Colossus' voice in this uh, Pride of the X Men, yeah. Um, it, it's Russian. It is through yeah. and through. And, uh, I feel like they he, got a Russian guy he to has, speak. He English. has little to no credits, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think he is Russian, but he has little to no credits. He sounds like he's actually yeah. legitimately yeah. Russian. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Nightcrawler, he sounds very, very German in this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just really good. It's just Wolverine sounds British. British <laughs> and Australian. I don't understand what's going on with this. Which I'm going to blow your mind on Okay, right blow okay. my mind on this one. So here's a fun little thing. Here is why Wolverine sounds British, all right? Gosh. We talked about this a little bit uh, uh, at your place On after, Tuesday, after yeah. finished watching it. Uh, there was a pilot episode, another pilot attempt that was done in Spider-Man and his amazing friends uh, that consisted of uh, the X-Men. Yep. It was also, there was also another pilot, which mm-hmm. I forgot, that did not have Wolverine on it uh, for the 1980s, uh, 1981 Spider-Man show. Dude, and it, it was... A Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends? No, just Spider-Man. Oh, just Spider-Man. Because there was just Spider-Man in 81 yep. and 82, and then in 82 was Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends mm. through that in 83. 
um, in the Spider-Man cartoon uh, that I ripped off the theme for for this. Uh, <laughs> um, he uh, it was it was uh, it was uh, Kitty Pride, Warpath, Storm, and they were all like kind of like in. I think they were fighting Arcade. I want to say okay. Um, and like Spider-Man was in the mansion, like kind of help him out or whatever because they wanted Spider-Man to join. Uh, Wolverine was not there. But that was their first attempt to, like, say, hey, here's another show idea. <laughs> yeah. The X-Men. Because it was very heavily drawn on the X-Men. And they, you know, they even described, like, oh, Nightcrawler's uh, teleportation smells like brimstone. And, like, they did all the tropes that yeah. like, people know. They wanted you to get to know these characters so they could spin it off. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, uh, one of the characters, Angelica Jones, Firestar. Or, yeah, Firestar. Firestar. Is a mutant. Yep. In one episode, she is called back to the mansion uh, to uh, visit, um, and you know, because she used to be, you know, like an X Man. Yep. Um, and another episode of X Men, and in that, Wolverine has an Australian accent as well. I believe he's voiced by the same person. Uh, well, um, then he's I would doing have a horrible to, job. I would have to go back and, and check that out. Um, Here's the fun thing about that. Um, personally, I thought this was just a, a big call. I thought it was just like a future call to Hugh Jackman being Wolverine. I thought they pictured it. I was like, they oh, pre-cogged yeah. that right there. These <laughs> are tele- telepathic powers in um, the future. So, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the reason he had, and this was all, this has all been kind of, uh, this is done by several people, directors from it and everything. Um, the character director... Um, kind of was given instructions by Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont was going to make Wolverine Australian. He was going to do... He, this, is, this is the reasoning they have behind it. Mad, the Mad Max films were huge. Crocodile Dundee was huge. He was going to... Re- I'm, I'm not making this up. Oh, this, I believe you. That's is, why yeah, I'm so yeah, flabbergasted. Right, yeah. It's like he was going to use this as a way to segue it. And, you know, to, 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 it was going to be like, oh, like he's not really Canadian. He's actually Australian. And it, it's really weird. But why? Th- there, th- there was very close ties with this production and Marvel. And the, and the casting director was told, give Wolverine an Australian accent for that episode of Spider-Man is Amazing Friends and also do that for Pride of the X-Men because he was going to do a whole thing where he was going to retroactively make Wolverine Australian. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, why <laughs> but I have, the purpose of this? But because of that, I argue that Pride of the X-Men is the only ones that got it right. <laughs> yeah, that 90s Chris, cartoon didn't Chris, do it at all. Chris Claremont said, "Do this." Yeah, now, that that never came to fruition. Oh. It later became like you know, I was like, "Well, we don't really." Because he also wanted an Aust- uh, another reason was he wanted an Australian uh, on the team because it was the international thing. Because uh, okay. it was because we had the Russian, the German, the you know, and all and the Canadian, African, not international. African. It is, but like I think he was like, we already have like two North Americans because they had Warpath. Okay, so he wanted to go well, Australian, maybe. I, I feel. Feel like they wanted to keep that diversity going, but he was going to retroactively make him Australian. Uh, I don't know uh, why, but that's what Claremont was going to do. Oh, uh, it just makes um, it, I guess so, it, like so. It's, it's not the fault of this short that no, he is. That's true. Yeah, I, I got, uh, Australian. I gotta, I gotta have a, some words with Chris Claremont now. <laughs> but uh, no, it, I, I see. I see it, and it's very interesting. I don't know why you just don't create a new X Men to have right, on yeah. your team, which they did. I think there's probably an Australian X. Oh, there is. There's yeah, several, several Australian X Men you know, now. But is it, is it, is it, is it Boomerang is he? A, is he one? <laughs> I know there's a Boomerang. In 
there, guy? Yeah, there, he's on the mutants. Well, uh, the, well, there's there is yeah. a boomerang. He's not a mutant though, but he's not. Uh, I could have swore he was on the Brotherhood. No, is no, he no. Not? Okay, he, um, right. I mean he was always a Spider-Man villain, pretty much. Oh, okay, but, yeah, okay. Uh, but Captain Boomerang. Well, he's, yeah, he's on DC. But he is right? DC. I mean, yeah, exactly. He is Aussie. Yeah, yeah Captain. But, I like to say Captain Beamerang. <laughs> Beamerang. Beamerang. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm not as mad at Pride <laughs> of the X Men anymore. They, they were they were told by Marvel. Uh, see, it blows my it. mind because yeah. Chris Claremont is responsible for some of the greatest <laughs> Wolverine stories, greatest X Men stories <laughs> of all time, and he's like. Ah, let's just change him. But it's like, yeah. you know well, what? Storm, she don't need to be from Africa. Let's well, make her a uh, Yugoslavian. How's that? We don't have nobody from there. Well, the, the thing is, like, I, I feel like he was just like, he, I, what it tells me is that he was about to explore this character. Because there wasn't a lot of character for Wolverine at this point. Anyway. No, it was mostly just and, a savage man. And, and I think that's what he was, I'm going to explore this and my ideas, and I'm going to make him, he was probably going to, like, put him in the outback and, like, make some cool scenarios with that. Because that, that could have been cool no, yeah, prior to doing the Japan. and One of the Coolest oh, things and one of the coolest things about Wolverine is he's a he, he's a I don't a, a very very big nature lover I guess you mm, say yeah he practically you know uh, after after his um, if you ever read Wolverine Origin you see why he ends up in the wilderness right. living with wolves and whatnot but that could very well have happened like in Australia where right. he was instead of living in the Canadian wilderness with wolves he lives in the yeah. Australian outback with dingoes I guess yeah, right. but yeah. I mean but he very well could have been like a bushman I guess you right, say exactly, you know through yeah. and through but I still like I don't know my friend always tells me the only reason you don't like the idea is because that wasn't the way it was uh, originally pitched to you like Wolverine mm-hmm. originally was supposed to have claws come out of his fingertips right. as opposed to his hand right. and I was like that's weird and my friend's like oh, well the only reason you think it's weird is because that's the way Wolverine's always been. And exactly. Like, I guess that's true. If I was if, always if, Wolverine if the, was always an Australian yeah. to me, I would probably be a little bit more like, oh well, that's okay, it's whatever. But. Yeah, because I, I feel like this is when he was wanting to explore with Wolverine, and he probably had a whole thing where he was going to be in the outback mm-hmm. and like he's going to be like a Mad Maxi type, you know, like yeah. situations with him and stuff. And then he probably came up with the Weapon X thing and was like, well, I don't have to put him in that. I can do the X, Weapon X deal, and then I can you know put him in Japan because that's awesome. And, yeah, that you know, was, stuff like that. And that I, I feel like he just took a different direction. And since this never got off the got off the the bed, so it's mm. just like, oh, we'll just take this direction. Instead. I'm kind of glad now right. that it didn't. So that way, it didn't <laughs> but you wouldn't Australia. be if exactly. that was legit. I, I don't know because like, '89 yeah. is when this came out. Yeah, right? yeah. I would have been four when they when they yeah. decided to change but, Wolverine. So yeah. about the only thing that you'd probably be is that weird little growl that he gives. It yeah, like what's the Tony the Tiger thing? Yeah, just a kid. Also, he doesn't do a very good Australian accent. No, it it's awful. Co- they, yeah. It sounds cockneyed at future. Yeah, it, 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 like I said, it, it, it um, once every now and then he kind of reverts to a British accent yeah. as opposed to Australian. It's awful. Other than that, I have to say the voice acting here is exemplary. Oh, wow. Um, it's amazing. Uh, it's got Michael Bell as Cyclops, who's the voice of Duke. Yeah, uh, that's that, the, which is so appropriate. It's appropriate as all get yeah, out. Like, I, I can't even. As soon as he opens it, like, you know, it's like, we'll be there, Professor. It's like, oh, it's, it's, that's Cyclops. That's Duke. <laughs> That's Cyclops. You know, um, <laughs> Much better than what uh, uh, the 90s uh, right, sound exactly, was. Yeah. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer was uh, Blob, who did uh, oh, course, Skeletor. You yeah, know, yeah, I did not know that. Mm-hmm, That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Neil Ross, who uh, is credited in lots of... Uh, he uh, plays 
lots of characters in G.I. Joe and all that stuff. He was Nightcrawler. Kath, Kath Sosi is Kitty Pride. She's a lot. She was Janine on uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, I was say, I that, remember yeah. listening to it and I was like, I know that voice from something. Yeah. I've seen her. I've heard her oh, yeah. voice in a couple different things. Yeah, so. she still does stuff today, like all the time. Oh, wow. She was on Stroker and Hoop. She was on a bunch of other different stuff. Uh, I feel like I heard her on Rick and Morty at one point. But it's like, it could she, be. She's still working. So she's doing a Pat Fraley was Pyro. He was. Uh, Krang and TMNT. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and just uh, uh, John Stevenson, who was the original voice for Dr. Quest in uh, Johnny Quest. Really? Uh, yeah, he was Professor X. So that was uh, ah. in, in, the, in the first four episodes or so of Johnny Quest, it was that guy doing Johnny okay, Quest. Not, okay. the, not the other guy who was really great, too. And Frank Welker, of course, was Toad and Lockheed. So, you know, he, <laughs> of course he did the animal. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he always does the animal. He does the, the uh, one that everyone you know, yeah. hates and then the, the dragon <laughs> nobody likes either. Yeah, and just just absolutely stellar work from everybody uh, the, the full way through, I, I think, personally. Uh, it was written by Larry Parr. Um, a little bit of trivia that I want to throw out there is the theme song uh, was done by Rob Walsh. And I didn't realize that until I went back to watch this for this podcast. For this specific moment? Because I'd, I'd watched it like a few times before, but for some reason I just I never really listened to the theme or didn't pay attention to it. This was done by Rob Walsh. Um, go listen to this theme, by the way, people. X-Men, it's X-Men, X-Men, <laughs> save the day. <laughs> Coming your way. I mean, it's, it, it, it kind of feels like a G.I. Joe it, opening it theme song. The, it, he's the guy that did the Defenders of the Earth theme, if oh, you've ever heard oh, that. Okay. Which is one of the greatest, cheesiest, mwah, most wonderful <laughs> 80s Love themes. It. That was co-written by Stan Lee, by the way. No that, kidding. That theme was written by Stan Lee, yeah. All the all the descriptions of how they lay out, like, you know, the Flash Gordon and what he's all yeah. about. Phantom, what he's like. That was written by Stan Lee. Stan Lee wrote all that. It's cheesy as all get out, yeah, but it's say, wonderful. I was going to say, that's, that's kind of on par for Stan Lee. Cheesy is so, his game. But. So it's not credited here, but I feel like he helped him out with these lyrics, too. <laughs> yeah, very probably. It's like, yeah. it's like, team that strikes like thunder. It's like, just... <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Go listen to that. It's fantastic. Seriously, I recommend everybody go watch this. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. It, I mean, like, obviously, it, we, we're always going to recommend stuff that it, we're talking about here on the uh, mm-hmm. on the show, but it is one of those things where it's like it was lost in time mm-hmm. and, like, it is now starting to kind of resurface because, I, like I said, I've been talking about it here at the shop right. as much as I can because, like, <laughs> you ever heard of Pride of the X-Men? Like, you mean the night? No, no, no. I feel like I've spread something. Oh, you like, have. <laughs> you started the bug, man. It's it's hitting people now. And oh, I just, man. I'm... I kind of want I want this although I'm not going to get this type of animation because this animation is done it, like you said it's Toei animation yeah. it looks so much like the old school Transformer G.I. Joe mm-hmm. type of animation yeah. and I love that and I would if they if they come back and do Pride of the X-Men I would want it to be in that old school Toei animo- animation uh, style yeah. right. but we probably won't get something like that yeah, anymore it, so the, the style has changed and everything and I think they've gone on to make really Really impressive cartoons since then. The '92 cartoon, absolutely nothing to sneer at. No. And if we got this, well, there's one, a couple things. But. Well, yeah, but, but it's like, but as a whole, you no, know, absolutely. Like, think, the there, there's thing things to nitpick. Um, we never would have gotten that if this was a thing, which True. is interesting. Like this would be the definitive cartoon. We probably wouldn't get the X Men one. Maybe we still would have because of that number one issue selling. <laughs> yeah. They probably would have. Been like, 
reboot time. (laughs) Let's take it on the top, people. And and we might have just gotten that. You know, who knows? Um, Or they could have like rebooted that existing one into the new one. So who knows? That's Uh, true. All sorts of different things could have happened if this was a thing. Uh, Marvel could have you know spun off and done more things with other properties that they had. Who knows? And, well, in the, but, in the 90s, they kind of did. They started touching yeah. on, like, Fantastic Four, exactly. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. The all Hulk, those. Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Like, all that stuff started to come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, which the season, I will say this right now, uh, the season one of Fantastic Four and Iron Man are awful. <laughs> season two of those shows mm-hmm. are some of the best animated of that of those two shows. Now, are you saying seen. awful as in story or as in animation or As both? in animation, both, Everything. all of it. It's, it's all just awful. bad. Go, go back and watch. It's, it's stark. Yeah. Like the, the the animation studios are different because the the Hulk cartoon was good uh, through both seasons, mm-hmm. but that was the studio that was doing it. That studio picked up uh, Fantastic Four and Iron Man for season two, hmm. and the the change is stark. Really, it's just so different. And I mean, so obviously, much as a kid, I don't really notice right. all those things and whatnot, but I right. do remember in season two. They started like playing on the whole Mandarin rings for mm-hmm. Iron Man, yes. and whatnot, which was yeah. like, I don't know why, but that sticks in my brain because yeah. I, I always thought the Mandarin was so getting, cool because he was getting them back. Yeah, he was slowly he, building in, in his the, rings back in the up. Season and finale, they all flew off across the world, so he's just going around the world getting every, every single, single one of his rings good. back. Yep. And I was like, that's awesome. Yes. You know? And uh, with, they started getting into way more of the cosmic stuff and Galactus in the Fantastic Four show. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the '90s it, obviously like there's this isn't something to say like oh they didn't have anything. Only this, and it never happened. Like, but Pride of the X Men is just that that weird little quirky thing that occurred and just just delved away into the night. We don't know what happened to it, but it also had a lot of culture impact. This was going to be the direction of X Men. Like I said, you know, Wolverine was going to be Australian. They, they made a an a video game based off of this specifically the the you know the X-Men arcade game mm-hmm. was this it was like specifically this every character is, and, is a playable character in the and, game and like you know there's people saying you know there's there's sources saying that all the characters are going to be in that Windigo all that they were going to be in this show that well, was going cool. to be a thing uh, but Marvel hit bankruptcy at that point. Or they started to hit the they started to hit that bankruptcy part, whereas like Marvel Entertainment did. Mm. Comics were still doing well, and then they had the boom in the '90s, obviously, before they all just sort of. But Marvel Entertainment, the entertainment company, they were just like we're out of money. We, we can't do any more shows. <laughs> can't do this, so guys. They, and they, they couldn't get anybody to pick it up, and so it went away. Fox later picked up the second pitch, mm-hmm. uh, which was the '90s cartoon that we got. Uh, but yeah, it's just that interesting little uh, little little thing in the. Thing in the clouds, like where did that go? Who yeah, knows? like it's it's very interesting. Well, I, I, yeah, I just love seeing all all sides, sorts of. I'm a big comic book fan. If anybody that knows me knows that I love comic books, anything and everything that's a comic book, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting to see things that because comic books and cartoons, different forms of media, but also very similar in, yes. the, in the aspect as well. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see like something that was a precursor to something so great as the 90s X-Men mm-hmm. and see how it actually got started. And yeah. like I said, I want this to be on a DVD. I want to see Stan Lee have like a commentary. <laughs> yeah. I want to see anything right? and everything of Pride of the X-Men. Yeah. I, more I would, Marvel, more Pride I, of the X-Men. I would love to like somehow, if I had the budget, I would I would go out and I'd start making interviews. I'd make a documentary on this thing. Because it's really just that, that intriguing to me. I don't know if it is to anybody else. Yeah. But to me, it's just like it was that thing that never was. It's and, the it's that show that could have been never was. And knowing that we could have had an X-Men, a legit, well, Sans Wolverine, had a legit <laughs> X-Men 
show mm-hmm. on par with G.I. Joe, Transform, because mm-hmm. those were like iconic things right. from your childhood. X-Men 92, for me, I guess it was part of my childhood, but like I was a kid kid yeah. loving G.I. Joe, Transformer. <laughs> like I was a little bit older once I got into the X-Men, Spider-Man, and all that other stuff, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, all those 90s shows that were really good. But like in the eighties, it was it was that, and I just I wish it would have happened. I'm kind of glad it didn't because I don't know if it would have been as successful as the nineties or whatever. And it was just I don't know. It was such a great um, time for I guess animation studios and all this stuff. Plus, like I said, I'm a huge fan of that style, Toei Animation, old school and uh, style of animation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and. Uh yeah, I think that's going to do it on our discussion of uh, Pride of the X-Men. I think it's a thumbs up for me. Oh, de- two <laughs> thumbs up. Two thumbs up on the uh, Animation Destination podcast for Pride of the X-Men. Uh, but I'd like to leave it. Um, I'd like to leave it with a versus. I'd like to leave it with a who would win. Ooh, you got a versus lined uh, up, too. I, I don't have much in my head at the moment, but okay. I'm going to go ahead and uh, toss one out there. Because mm-hmm. since I don't like hero versus hero, um, I like hero versus villain. But let's uh, let's put up... Let's put up... Uh, a, let's do a Marvel DC thing, shall we? All right. We'll do a Marvel DC. How about that? This is on the fly here. I don't even know what I'm going to say here. Uh, <laughs> now, no. It's just uh, floating around and boom. We're going to take... Wolverine and Batman, okay? Oh. They're, they're kind of known for, like, cause they, they had the Dark Claw amalgam. Yeah, remember that? Very much so, comics. yes. So we're going to take Wolverine, and we're going to take Batman. Batman versus Sabretooth. Ooh. And uh, I, I think, well, here's the thing. Uh, I say this. Let's say conceivably... The good guy can lose because we all know in a story the good guy's not going to lose. Sure. But let's say conceivably we're in real how, world situations. Better yet, instead of a who, how do you think this would play out? What would Saber? How would this happen in a comic? If if Sabretooth was going to take on Batman, how would that play out? I mean, Sabretooth I, being the wild man that he is, yeah, literally comes running at Batman. Batman yeah. is the type of guy who sticks right. to the shadows, and he's going to yeah. throw some batarangs and yeah. try to maybe hit some pressure points on him to like, right. slow him down or whatever. Of sure. course, Sabretooth right. having an accelerated healing factor, I'm guessing we're going to go with his time from mm-hmm. having adamantium bones plus adamantium claws. Yeah. Like he's that was Ultimate, of, though, wasn't it? Was that Ultimate? No, no, no. Oh, it was, they, did no, they actually put Yeah, that? no, okay. it, it was actually was pre-Ultimate okay. is when they gave okay. him the adamantium uh, bones and whatnot, and claws, yeah. Because for the longest time, he was just regular bone and whatnot, right. but I believe it was right around the 90s sometimes. They, right. they He had his... He went and underwent the same type of okay. process to bond the adamantium to his okay. skeleton, and then his claws were turned into okay. adamantium claws as well. That's well. way tougher for him. Though. Yeah, exactly. I know it's a, it's a it, you can't break bones yeah. on this one, Batman. Yeah. Right. Um, which is kind of like a key f- thing for him to want right. to wanna yeah. do. But no, I um. I feel like how I would make it. I'd make it kind of like a. It'd be like a game to him to Sabretooth. Oh, absolutely. I feel like he'd craven the hunter this whole thing. Like he would like use Gotham as his hunting grounds, and he wants to take the back. Yeah, but see, like, like that's how I kind of feel, you know. But uh, he'd set up traps, you know, because he he was always do that with Wolverine. He'd always like kidnap somebody, like kidnap an old couple. But see, I don't I, like, like, you know, I like he craven is. Calculating, he's cold. Right. He's yes. cold, but yeah. he's calculating. He's calm yeah. at some points. Sabretooth has always just been the savage, wild True. man, pretty much. True. And so, like, I don't, I don't 
really see uh, uh, Sabretooth. Sabretooth's really just going to find Batman. Like if he fi- He's going to try to figure out who he is. Right, he can track that him way, easily. Yeah. Exactly. Right. He's going to try to get a loved one because that was right. what Sabretooth always did with Wolverine. Exactly, yeah. Was always taking a loved one of his or killing, yeah. just outright killing a loved one of his. Right. And it was always messing with him on his birthday too. So. <laughs> but um, I, in this situation, I've actually had this conversation with lots of people that as far as, well, with uh, uh, Wolverine and Batman. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. Sabretooth and Batman, it's kind, kind of, of the similar, same thing, yeah. but... Yeah, different different mentalities because mm-hmm. Wolverine eventually Wolverine I feel like will to a degree hold his punches right. whereas Sabretooth is just he's out for blood pretty sure, much sure. Um, if they just met up no time to know who your enemy is or anything right. like that no I kind of feel like Sabretooth because his healing he can, factor kind of rejuvenates right. his stamina. Right. Batman's human. He's going to slowly get worn down and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. And with the healing factor, unbreakable bones, I really... And, you know, yeah. Batman's, I, Bat, one of Batman's biggest things is hiding in the shadows. That doesn't help with someone who mm-hmm. actually can smell where you're at. When he goes up against somebody he doesn't really know, and when he when someone stalks him with super... He usually ends up getting, getting he gets beat. gets beat, yeah. Because Croc beat him. Yep. Uh, Croc beat the crap out of him when mm-hmm. they first encountered. Uh, then he he knew him. He, he learned him. Who was. Figured him out. He could take him out in yeah. half a second. Because like I feel like but, uh, yeah, healing, I, I anything feel like, with the healing factor, you, you like put napalm on him. He's going to heal from that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> stab him with a sword. He's going to heal yeah. with that. There's, it, there's really hard to kind right. of hunker that down. Yeah. But the one thing I said that Batman would be able to use against Wolverine or someone with an accelerated healing factor yeah. is a cryo grenade or something like that, right. to where it literally Please. just freezes them on spot. Because sure. even if they break out of that. It's sure. it's instantly like yeah. only their blood is frozen, so they're gonna yeah. if they take a step, their foot shatters, and it's gonna take a while <laughs> for that foot to grow back. Right. So yeah, I yeah. mean, I guess the, the the skeleton will still be there. But sure, sure. It, I feel like he's got the Sonic thing too. I think it's oh yes, his little Sonic thing. Sure. That would, that would hurt Sabretooth, I think. I just feel like Sabretooth's that crazy guy who's just gonna take his claws and just <laughs> stab his ears, and he's like, guess what? <laughs> oh, Don't work awesome. anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I know. Dude. Uh, I, I, oh, I, I, could, I could totally see Sabretooth doing something along those lines. It's like, guess what? That doesn't work anymore. Oh, well, I'm deaf for a minute. I'm deaf for a minute. <laughs> Just so. for a little bit. Guess what? You're, that's not going to work. Oh, now, dude. All I need let's write this. Second. Let's write this. I want to put that in. That's, that's freaking brilliant. I love it. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. That's hardcore. Yeah. I know. And, and like I said, that's something that Sabretooth right. totally would do. He's just like, right. oh, I have a weakness? Yeah. Not anymore. Right. It's, yeah, the, yeah. it's gone now. So yeah. pretty much I'd give it to the uh, Wolverine, but Sab- in this case, Sab- I give it to Sabretooth yeah. right. if they just meet up. But if right. Batman, Batman is the ultimate strategist. If he has right. time to prepare and right. plan, nobody stands a I, chance. I, I feel like that's how it goes. I feel like he he wins the first encounter. Mm-hmm. Batman, this is how I write this is me writing the story. They write the, little, the one comic or Batman two. escapes. You know, he gets the Batmobile there, the Batwing, and like, oh, he escaped away. And then <laughs> and Sabretooth's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, and I was like, what a punk! Gotham he, is mine. But then he decides, like, no, I want to get the Batman. So he like goes and he like and he like kidnaps uh, Jim it's, Gordon, yeah, or Vicky Vale. There you go. No, or, like, it's just like a bunch of them, and they're just like they're somewhere in the city. Batman, come get him! And he's got to beat him, and and then he ends up doing it because he's Batman. Let's write it. Let's oh, go write man, this right this, now. I was about to say this is it's writing itself. <laughs> Pitch it to Marvel and DC. Like you got to do this, guys. Come uh, on. I know you guys don't get along, but listen, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. You're like Sabretooth. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, whatever. Let's run with that. Why oh, not? Man. But yeah, uh, I think we both said Sabretooth for this. Uh, as far on, as an initial meetup, initial meetup. Yes, yeah, Sabretooth. Through, I feel like right. Sabretooth is going to win. I like that. I like that. It's going to piss off the Batman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good. And, good. and this good. coming from a Wolverine <laughs> fanatic, you know, I'd be like, no, Sabretooth's a punk. But nope, <laughs> Sabretooth would win. I feel like Sabretooth would win the mm-hmm. first uh, first. Uh, 
meetup. Right on, right on. What about Wolverine versus... I want to say Joker, but I kind of want to throw some other. So, so I, I thought that was you were going to go with you. Right. Like, uh, so Batman fights Wolverine's villain. Right. Wolverine's going to fight Batman's villain. I was like Joker, what's but a, like, what's a better? Ooh, what about Wolverine versus Bane? See, I was thinking That's Bane. Interesting. Yeah. But then again, if we if we want to stick with like kind of a uh, like I don't know like a mo- like a, a theme, right? Animal versus animal, right? Killer Croc, Killer Croc, yeah. yeah. I think Wolverine takes Croc, like oh easily, easy. easily. That's why I don't say Croc. Yeah, I well, think Wolverine's got that. But one. if we're yeah. if we're gonna go with somebody, yeah. from Batman's Rogues mm-hmm. Gallery, that would be a hell of a fight for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd have to say Clayface, Clayface, because oh, yeah, that would be Wolverine's going to yeah. he's Wolverine's a hand to hand fighter. True, and he's going to get up and close to personal, and yeah. Clayface is going to soak him into his body. Pretty much, he didn't much. have really anything to do to Clayface, does he? No, there's, there's not <laughs> nothing you can do. Like the is best that... case is maybe like draw him into a water source to where he's diluted right. a little bit. And he can't keep his body together anymore, yeah. or into a freezer where he hardens up and then he can start chopping him yeah. away. But because I mean, Clayface like uh, he, he can't really kill Wolverine either. He can smother him, smother him, but like but he's got to get away from him. Eventually. Exactly, and, and like a wolf. Gonna... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wolverine's like his yeah. his stamina, his ferocity, yeah. all these different things are going to factor in. That I don't really don't think Clayface is going to have. It's not going to be easy, pretty much, for Clayface to, right. to try to smother Wolverine. Exactly, especially yeah. since Wolverine is a, is a seasoned fighter. Yes, like he's been around the block for over a hundred years, people. Yeah, that, so he knows how to fight. That is a good. That is a good battle for him. I, I can That's probably the most troublesome battle for him. Yes, probably not the most fun one to to write down though. I feel no, because like, I want to see yeah. Bane versus Bane, Bane versus, versus Wolverine. Wolverine. Would be very interesting. Yes, because Bane just keeps beating him up. He's like, oh. "Why do you keep getting up?" And <laughs> Wolverine's like, like, "I don't know." Well, he he'd be calm about it too. He's like, "You keep standing." You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like it'd be all because I'm. Thinking like I'm thinking cerebral bane, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like break the bat bane, yeah, you know, that kind of bane. You no, know? that would be. Oh, like, I'm so good, but I still give that one to Wolverine though. Like, oh I, no, I, I absolutely, because it's just a matter of time before he gets around the back and cuts his venom tube. Which and is then dumb. Out. Yeah, exactly. I've always hated that. It's like, know? why don't you just shoot it into your body, yeah, man? Like yeah. having syringes or something. Yeah, uh, whatever, whatever. But yeah, I, I would I would give that one to Wolverine. two great comic book ideas in just one just sitting, one right here. sitting right here. We're we geniuses. Just did it on an animation podcast. <laughs> Madness, I say. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Um, as we leave it off, uh, I'd like to know what your favorite X Men cartoon was. What is your favorite X Men cartoon? Oh, me Mitch? personally. You personally? Like, What's your are we talking about the nineties? Uh, I'm asking this or? to the audience as well when I post this. But, okay. Uh, you. What is your favorite X Men animated series? Because there's a lot to be. There honest. is. There's the Evolution, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's Wolverine and the X Men. Wolverine and the X Men. There is nineties, uh, the nineties X Men. Nineties cartoon. If you want to count the Pride of the X Men, well. <laughs> there's one. Honestly, episode. yeah, Pride's pretty awesome. But yeah. I think I, it's the, it's more so of a nostalgic factor. But mm-hmm. also, it was such a great run. So much right. content. It's got to be the, hands down the ninety two uh, X Men series. Yeah, and I can actually even yeah. specifically pick a favorite episode, mm-hmm. which is the when they when uh, they go to the Savage Land, and it's after Sinister has uh, kind of taken over and everything. And it's right, pretty much that's when Morph is kind of like, oh, the X Men are my friends. You right, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He that's no right. longer is working with Sinister. He's trying to trying to become an X Men again. I yeah, guess you yeah. could say. And so that, that was I, I remember watching that as a kid, and I was like, this is awesome. I, I made. <laughs> But one one episode that really stuck out for me was the um, Days of Future Past yeah. because they like 
they took uh, uh, Bishop's story and yeah. Days of Future Past, and, and they just kind of mixed yeah. it together a little bit. It was kinda very confusing as a child, but I remember being such a, so yeah. enamored by what was going on. It's yeah. like, I had no idea what was going on, but there's <laughs> lasers and people are flying. What's going on? I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. And that was my first foray into Days of Future Past was that. Was that, it? That whole okay. storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the apocalyptic future and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. So, uh, but yeah, my favorite uh, goes to Evolution. Uh, really, actually. I loved Evolution. It was and, good because I was so ready to hate it. I was, so, <laughs> I was ready to hate this. It was like Batman Beyond. Yeah, I was, I was ready to just be. Like, all right, this is garbage. It's let's, all crap. Let's talk about how garbage this is. <laughs> and then they, then it comes on, and I'm like, this is really well written. They these, did well. These characters are very well done. It, it's just like it. It does have a little bit of the annoyance factor of like, oh, you have to be in school. Yeah, they're it's all like teenagers. A, it's like a schooly school. And then, and I'm yeah, like, exactly. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. But other than that, when they get to doing the X Men stuff, when it when it's and when they hit season two, when they get out of like all that stuff and it gets serious, that show's fantastic. Like mm. it is spectacular. Plus the introduction of X twenty three, the introduction yep. of Laura, one of my favorite characters uh, in comics today, um, and she was introduced there. So. It was awesome. So I, I loved it. It was written by uh, Yost and Craig, who did fantastic. Oh, yep. wow. I did not know that. Yep. They created that whole thing. Yost so. does a lot of, like, uh, movie work, uh, mm-hmm. TV work. He doesn't yep. do too many comics anymore. Yep. But he actually, I mean, currently he's, he's writing uh, Modoc Assassin for The Secret Wars. Yeah. But he's done a run on Amazing X-Men. Yep. He's done a couple of Uncanny X-Men issues back in the day. He is. This is really good. He's currently pinning one of the Marvel movies, and I forget which one it is. Oh, uh, really? Well, he did, he, he did Ragnarok. He wrote Thor Ragnarok. He, oh. co- he co-wrote Thor one, uh, and he uh, did Thor. He's he wrote co- Thor Ragnarok, and I feel like he's doing some other property. I can, it might be for the Netflix shows. I'm not sure. I'll have to look uh, that up again. Okay. But he is writing for Marvel movie verse and everything. So that's cool. Yeah, and I'm super stoked about that. Yeah, so. he's, he's a good writer. Yeah, right. He's doing another comic book property, and uh, but yeah, they they invented that. And it's one of my favorites of all time. I absolutely love it. So that's why they... She X-23 to me is like one of the first Harley Quinns. She's like the one that was ah, a cartoon. Yeah. Well, Harley Quinn was first, but like she's another Harley Quinn. She was a cartoon, brought into the comic, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, because comics and animation kind of go hand in hand. It's why all so. these things work well together. They, they translate to the other very easily. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much easier than making a live-action show, for my, in my opinion. If you want to just come out and say, I'm going to make a live-action Scott Pilgrim, and be like, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. I did, end up, I did end up liking that movie, yeah. but I was like, oh, that's rough. But if you came to me and said, Scott Pilgrim animated series, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> like, that's perfect. <laughs> that would, oh, <laughs> like, man, that would be actually pretty cool. It would be amazing, wouldn't Although it? Although I, oh. I feel like eventually we'd run out of like, content and whatnot because it's the Scott Pilgrim is pretty much yeah. through and through. Like him yeah. just chasing this girl and whatnot. True, so. yeah, you know. But it's it's all it is a metaphor of like growing up in life, and there's other things that you grow up in life about. True, so, very true. You know, I, I feel like you continue on. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you can check out Animation Destination on Facebook at facebook.com slash animation destination. You can also uh, check us out at Destination Comics 
Dot com. Dot com. And you can also check out my brother podcast over here <laughs> uh, that you're a part of. Go ahead and plug that, Mitch. Uh, this is Mitch. Uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, please, if you have a chance, check out Bagged and Bearded. Bagged and Bearded. Uh, we also have a Twitter handle, Bags and Beards. Uh, ask questions. We're, we just did a podcast on Secret Wars miniseries. We're going to be leading into probably next week doing a Blackest Night covering the whole story. Mm-hmm. And please, people... There are tons of comic books out there, comic book writers, artists, story arcs, whatever there is, characters. If you guys want to, if you guys want to do a podcast on Hawkeye, let us know. We'll make it happen. People. Let them know All on right? their podcast, not on this one. Not on this the animation. This, this is mine. This is mine. <laughs> this is his. You talk to me on Bags and Beards at or at Bags and Beards on Twitter. Yes, absolutely. I need a Twitter handle eventually. I think. No, yeah, uh, I mean, why not? Uh, the Facebook page is my social meds. Yeah, but so, you, you, know. you got to branch out a little bit. That's true. I need yeah. to think about start dabbling in a little bit of Reddit. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Instagram. Who knows? All right. I mean, I, Instagram's too much, people. Yeah, Instagram's too much. That's I, over the top. I got nothing for that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, please check us out. We're part of the DNN. Uh, everybody knows the DNN. The DIN. The DIN. Uh, <laughs> check that out on Facebook. It's Destination Nation Network or DNN on Facebook. Uh, also, DestinationComics.com. Got all the other podcasts. Good stuff. Uh, go check that stuff out. But that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you next time.